What's up, what's up, my new friends? Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of To Be Honest with Kai. Yeah, tonight, look, it is Tuesday, <laughs> and you know what's going down tonight, right? Yeah, our voting, um, the state of our country is at hand. Look, our future for our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, for our families are at stake look, tonight. But I thought... I'm going to go ahead and push my little recording on tonight to give myself something to do because I don't want to be tripping off of that, what's going on in this world. Because guess what? Whatever's going to be is going to be. And I know where my help comes from. It comes from the Lord. Can I get an amen, y'all? <laughs> so look, so tonight is um, I want to um, talk about, um, you know, us... You know, I've been hearing just a lot of different real ill talk towards, you know, um, just what I mean. I mean, it's a certain generation that's just speaking about this, this doggone self-love and what self-love look like, um, you know, what it looks like for, for, for an individual. You know, so my thing is, can we normalize self-love, whether it's for a man, for a woman? And can we stop weaponizing our distorted thoughts of what we think that looks like uh, because you have not experienced it or maybe you have lost your self-love for yourself. So I'm going to talk about that because that's something that's deep to me. And it's one thing that I do not like. That's one of my pet peeves. If you don't love yourself and be proud to love yourself, and I'm not talking about being arrogant and all that stuff. I'm just talking about loving you. Loving yourself so that, you know, um, the energy that comes around you, rather it's another male, rather it's another woman, uh, you know, coming to you, that is understood. Like, it's not something that you have to say, like, you know, respect me or, you know, it, 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 would, be, it, it would be present within your aura of your space, right? So... Um, I always like to connect these things with with stories. So I I I grew up in the in the Vons projects. My mom, you know, she didn't have much, um, but what she did have, she taught us how to be young ladies, you know. And um, that's one of the things I pride myself on. Now I come from the projects, and I went to a a um, performing arts school where I was able to, you know. Um, kind of mingle in with different cultures, different groups of people from all walks of life. And I've dated an Asian guy before, I've dated a white guy before, and I've dated blacks. So, you know, but in my growing up and because, you know, I came up in, in the projects where, you know, a, a lot, you know, we get a bad reputation down in there because it's a, not a life, well... Let me untie my tongue a minute. Um, you know, growing up in the projects, you got some good people down there. And you have great opportunities down that comes out of there. But um, what you do with that is truly up on you. And how you look at yourself and how you carry yourself is totally up on you. You know, it could be easy to just fall into the ranks of just saying, you know, I came up, 
you know, in the projects, and this is what I know. All I saw was drugs. All I saw was killing. All I saw was, you know, people, you know, not loving themselves and just kind of just doing whatever they wanted to do, promiscuity, all of that. You know, I could very well say that, but I chose different. I chose to to rise above it, and I chose to to create a stigma for myself that even though I grew up in the projects, that doesn't mean that I have to be where I grew up, you know? Y'all understand? Like, I wanted better, even though I didn't see better. And so... I and, and 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 it must it must have resonated with my with me, because every guy that I ever met coming out of the projects, um, I I went to perform in art school and you know I spoke the proper English, um, and it's not uh, white people's dialogue. It's not the way they talk. <laughs> I spoke the proper. English and unfortunately, people look at them like, "Oh, she's speaking white." Oh, she. No, I don't give no race that much power. No, I spoke the proper English, and unfortunately, coming out of the projects, people uh, that lived in the suburbs and all of that just could not connect those dots together. Every time they ask, "Oh, where are you from?" Oh, I'm from the Bonds Projects, and they go, "What?" They couldn't, it's like their brain could not connect with that because they put you, I guess, the projects, it was just raggedy down there, whatever, and they figure I'm just supposed to be raggedy. (laughs) I'm just supposed to talk any kind of way. But anywho, but my presence was one that I I walked with greatness and I walked um, requiring of anyone that even connected with me, rather it was me being friends with girls or associates or even guys trying to get to know me. So I never had to, you know, in my own, I never had to say to them, oh, you're going to respect me. I never had to say that to a guy, never. It was almost like it was understood that they was going to respect me because of my self-love for myself and uh, and how I loved me. And, and, I, and I believe that when you love yourself, it speaks for you. Nobody has to, you don't, you don't have to say it to people. It speaks for you. So um, I met my daughters. I met my, my, my baby daddy, my first one, um, um, you know, my first love. And you know, I, I really felt like I loved myself. I really did. I, I did have control of loving myself. Um, I, when he was, when he met me, he was smitten by me and I was not even caring about him. I was like, what? You know, he was not something that I was looking to, but, um, he ended up catching, he ended up getting me and he ended up winning the girl. So, but, when I met him, I, I mean, that was, I felt like I loved myself. I felt like I had, um, you know, uh, self-esteem, all of those things. And um, and we started dating each other and he was, you know, all over me. And we was, you know, uh, and call ourselves in love, you know, and all that stuff. But then, you know, in the relationship, I accepted so much from him. I, uh, you know, when you first lose your virginity, 
That's like when you go to school of hard knocks. That's when you get to learn about yourself, what you would do and what you wouldn't do, uh, your, how you lower your standards, um, how you change how he looks at you. Yeah, so uh, is it going to be for, for the better or for the worse? You know, so I'm just giving my breakdown, you know, of this whole, you know, because I feel like people that um, go through things in life, sometimes um, you go through stuff and then you use, and you use that to, and you use that as your weapon to say, you know, that what we as women or men that how you how you keep your standards you know to a level of where you you're requiring of a, of a person or someone that's going to be in your life when you when you require that it's looks like it's you know it it, it looks different and it doesn't look healthy i'm talking about the person that is weaponizing um self-love because of their lack of love for themselves. So in my journey, and and like I said, I was dating my daughter's father, my oldest daughter's father. He was my first love. And I went through hell with him. When I tell you, anybody that has fallen in love, you already know what that's like. You already know what that feels like. You know, your heart is broken. And some people... I fall in love and it, and they make it all the way to marriage, but definitely without, uh, definitely not without you know some 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 uh, some scrapes and bruises here and there. Not meaning physically, but emotionally, as you, because you're young and you're trying to figure you figure yourself out. And um, so, um, but I went through my first love, you know, just like anybody else went through theirs. You know, you learn what true love is. You learn what it's not. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn. You you do a whole lot of learning. Your emotions are stretched far and wide. And sometimes you don't even really know who I can identify who you are anymore. So I went through that and um I I I settled for a lot. I I dealt with a lot with my first love. And actually my first love really taught me that I didn't love myself. Like I went into it loving myself, but along the way you tolerate so much to where you, you forfeit that love for yourself. And, 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 and the goal is once you're done and you really figure out like, this is not good. This has, this is not what love is. This is not what it's supposed to feel like. When you really realize that and you begin to come back to yourself to say, to go back to that person that you loved and that you, you really realize, wow, I, I'm really not loving myself right now. Then you begin to wake up and then you go like, wow. And sometimes you can take that and you can say, and it can change it for the good. And you can say, you know what? Okay, so my part in this was this. And then his part in this was this. We both were not for each other. You know, it didn't work. Uh, we were both toxic. And mind you, my, my, my first love, our relationship was very toxic. It was very ugly. I literally put up with more than I needed to. 
and I stayed longer than I needed to stay longer than I needed to. But I came out of it with a newfound love for myself, which carried me on to where I would be um, um, not taking no mess. You know, I had to literally stand in my own right as a young lady, beautiful young lady, standing there in my own right saying, no, I, I deserve to be treated better. And anyone is going to be in my presence, anyone is going to spend time with me, hang out with me, go on dates with me, that it's understood. Certain things are just understood. So, and it's, uh, that looks like for me, like, okay, so I, I had, after I went through my heartbreak and, and went through that, and then just took some time to get to know me. That's one thing about me that I never jumped into another relationship after I got, after I broke up with, uh, with someone, it was definitely not immediate. Like what I'm seeing today is, is like people break up with each other. And then it's almost like they jump into another relationship without even just taking that time to get to know them again. Because when you're in a relationship, there are certain parts of you that you lose and, you're not intentionally losing them, but you find yourself losing yourself in some kinds of ways so that when that relationship doesn't work out, then you have to take the time to get to know you and love on you again. Reconnect yourself with you. You know, so that's, I mean, I really, really pride myself on that. And uh, Mente, which was my best friend when I was growing up and, and stuff, he would always tell me when we, when we when we became adults, he would say, I, that's one thing I admired about you, that you, whenever you broke up a relationship, you took that time to get to know you all over again. You weren't trying to jump into the other relationship because I think that it's it's important to not take other stuff into another relationship. You don't want to take other baggages and stuff. Shoot, I already had baggages. I had daddy issues and stuff and some mommy issues. So I already had enough. I was I didn't need to be carrying on some other stuff. Whew. So... But I did learn from my first love just, you know, things that would help me to kind of um, that prepare me for the next relationship, what to look for, what not to look for. And not that it hindered me. It just kind of kept my eyes wide open and I would see certain things. And I was like, hmm, OK, so I learned a lot. It, it, it made me better in, in, in some ways. But anywho. So, you know, so as I began to go on, so after my first relationship, my first love, um, I had lost myself, um, you know, my self-esteem was beat up pretty bad and stuff, you know, um, but it, let me tell you, but one thing, I'm gonna tell you about this, so one thing, I'm just gonna go back, when I, when my self-esteem was beat down, one thing I never did was my outer appearance never reflected it. And I don't know if it's just because I was too worried about what people would say about me, but I really didn't want to be just because I'm going through and my baby daddy and me are having this rough time and my emotions are so down and I'm an emotional wreck and all that. I just uh, didn't I just didn't allow myself to look like that. So people never really knew that I was going through hell. Like I was, unless you saw me clowning with with him, because I could be dressed to the nine, honey. Because I used to have my hair long, and I would have my nails done and my little outfits on, and honey, I would be and I would clown with him, looking just you know, looking good. 
And then, and it's like, you know, so it was like I was going through it. That's the only time you would know I was going through it. And they was like, oh, so they having problems. Oh, my God. You know, Kai and her baby dad is having problems. That's when you knew. But as far as seeing me on the streets and me uh, out and about with my friends and stuff like that, it was never where I just looked just like broke down and all. No. No. And, I, you know, sometimes people, you know, people... There, you know, there are people that try to make you feel bad about that. Like, you know, like you just because you're going through something, people got to see that you're going through it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Mm-mm. No, no. That's just to me. That's like, you know, the people use that. Well, I'm just, I'm just honest. I'm just real. It's okay to be honest and real, but you know, you need to not be letting people see that for yourself. I mean, what is that going to do for people that's watching you? Like, what is that going to do for them? And what does it do for you? Like, because you're going through it, you just want people to see that you're going through it. You look a hot mess. You're just walking around just looking all kind of broke down. It's like, I'm just real. I'm just who I am. I don't need to cover up. I don't need. That's a real sad place to be. Because everybody don't need to know that you didn't wash your face, you didn't comb your hair, that you didn't change your clothes. And if it's that bad, then you need to go seek psychological help. But anywho, back to what my point here. So you know, I, I as after my after dating after going through my my ups and downs with my first love. You know, he taught me a lot. So my next, you know, my next um, journey of meeting someone. You know, because I took the time out to kind of. Wusa and everything, but then I got to you know meet other guys. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shut guys out, and I didn't have this bitter, you know, this bitter, you know, this bitter black woman attitude. I didn't have that. I took the time to get to know me and and love on me, and then when I was ready to even just not even date, but just open myself up to just the possibility of just hanging out with the opposite sex, you know, I did. And I would come out, and I would, and I would have a great time, and we, I mean, it would be fun. Like I would go places with my girlfriends, and we would go out to the clubs, you know, and places, and hang out, and just have a good time. And I was always on the dance floor because that was my escape, dancing, dancing, dancing. I love dancing. That was just my thing that I did for me. And guys will watch me on the dance floor. And they'll come and dance with me, and I dance with them too. It's like it was like a big party. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't mind, you know. So I was, I was very friendly, very uh, what they call the free spirited. Loved dancing, loved talking to people, just having a good time. And so, you know, of course, guys were always trying to give me their phone numbers and things like that. And and I and I would accept their numbers. And then guess what? We would talk on the phone. And we would go on dates and stuff like that, right? And it was just understood. Like, I never had to. It's like, I just been blessed to, when I met guys, they would just wanted to do stuff for me. And I didn't have to, you know, say certain things. Like, I was just blessed in that area. I mean, I I was. I mean, they would hang out with me and, and stuff and or... And I, and it, it wasn't all. It wasn't even sex half the time. It really wasn't. It was they just whenever we were in their presence. They, of course, we went out on dates. They took care of everything. 
And then some of them would be, you know, had, would, would talk to me over the phone. I mean, I had one guy, his name was David Bakari. He was from California. I met him um, after, um, I, I just, I had met him after Courtney's father was killed. And he was, and that, that's like, you know, it was, I had a couple of guys before Courtney's father was killed, but and those guys in between that, they were just real sweet guys. And, and I never had to want for anything. You know, if I wanted something, they gave it to me. You know, it was never me having to beg nobody for anything. It was, it was just, they gave it to me. And I met David and he was such a sweetheart and he, you know, just me meeting him and, um, only knowing him, meeting him and I guess I knew him for about a couple of weeks, talking to him a month or so. And he asked me what I wanted for my birthday. And I was like, well, actually, I would like to go to Cali. My sister lives in California. And I was just selling. I said, that's what I would really like to do. <clears throat> and he literally paid for the, the round trip. You know, it was it was that type of deal for me. It was guys that would I would be cool with and then they'll come over to my house and we'll be sitting down talking and then they'll go use my bathroom and then they'll say, oh, I noticed that you only have one roll of toilet paper left, you know, um, I, uh, and they would bring back cases of toilet paper. I mean, these are just random things that guys do. I never, you know, never asked anybody for anything and, and it was just about my presence and how I presented myself and they just was those kind of guys, and so you know, I be and when I and if I ever started dating any of them, then those you know those things just continued, and it would be leave me money and stuff, and be like, hey, I left you, I'm a, uh, you know, I I I, I uh, um, left money on you on nice that or here I want to drop you by. They would put money in my mailbox and in little envelopes and stuff, you know, or slide it on my envelope and my door because my door was like. Um, also served as my mailbox. So whenever the mailman would come, I had a slot in my door to where they just would slide the mail in. And so those were just things that men did. And I, and I, and I, I guess that spoke to how I carried myself and how I, I loved me. I mean, and I always respected myself and, you know, I had found myself again and I was relaxed again and I kind of learned my lessons and different things. And, you know, you learn and you keep going. But like I said, there's, you know, and because you, because guys do things for you, there's a group of people that really feel like that they, that you are some type of prostitute. Or that you are, um, you know, that it's it's that because you love yourself, um, and and that love for yourself exudes, and and people in in your presence when people see you, they just tend to just fall in line. It's like some things are just understood, are you know, uh, you know, just being able to set standards with yourself. Certain things you just don't do, and certain things you just don't get involved in, and it all plays a big part in how you love yourself, you know, and so, and therefore, hold on, y'all, because my grandchild is at my door, and I'm recording, and uh, Duchess, I'm, go downstairs, I'm, I'm recording, go downstairs and use it. So, she says she had to pee, but she has to go downstairs. It's four bathrooms in this house, guys. (laughs) 
And so back to my conversation. So I never had to, you know, it was just certain things that was understood. And I've never had an issue, you know, with that. I never looked at it like I was, you know, like I was, you know, my requirements that my unspoken requirements of someone being with me or hanging out with me or even having a relationship with me that because there's a certain part, you know, everybody has roles. It's like the guy has his role. I have my role. And we if we all play our roles, then it it. It, it's it's a harmonious union, you know, with each other. It's like a harmonious connection. It's a harmonious respect for one another. So it's, you know, it's and so therefore I I don't I don't I I have an issue when people are weaponizing self love, their distorted thoughts or you know their distorted images of what self-love is because they never experienced it or just because they have lost that part of them of self-love for themselves and so they paint this picture like oh like somebody is being you know like women are just you know being these type of prostitutes or uh, you know uh, uh, waiting for men to do stuff for them no that's not the case that's truly not the case. And I really feel like that we need to do more of where we, where self-love should be something that's understood. You know, we should be, it should be normalized. It should not be something that people shun. It should not be something that, you know, people bully you about because you love yourself. When you love yourself, it's just, when people see you, it's an obvious. You know, what people see of you is one thing, but what you know personally about yourself is another thing. And you don't want to be lying to yourself. You know, sometimes people can look like they self-love, but then you always, then you find them, see them doing crazy stuff, and you kind of like... That doesn't look like self-love. It looks like low self-esteem. It looks like you're having esteem issues. So as time went in my life and I be, you know, I I I've I've had some wonderful people that come through my life. As I as I and I and I'm a girl from the projects. From the projects, didn't have very much of anything. But my mother gave me the best that she could. And what she could teach me was to be a lady. To be a lady. And make sure your presence require. You know, I don't have to have someone with a lot of money. He don't have to be rich. He just has to have um, a motivation. He uh, he has to have a desire to do things. He has to, you know, have a job. He has to just work. He has to be able to have respect for himself. You know, we have a respect for himself. That means he has respect for me. And if he doesn't have respect for himself, guess what? He will not have respect for you. What is the requirements? 
And why is it requirement is looked at like it's a bad thing? No, we should require. If you don't require something, you're going to something from was it something from nothing leaves nothing? Not nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Like you have to, like, and there's this angry mob of people that are roaming around. And trying to and trying to make and bully people that have uh, self love and and requirements. So you know, as I grew up, and, and you know, as I as I had my different relationships and whatever, and and each you know, for every heartbreak, there was a lesson learned. I learned a lot about men and my journey. I've learned a lot about men. And so therefore it's like, okay, so I take some of the good, take some good. And then some of the stuff I take that I that I that's not that I don't like, look, I eradicate it. Get rid of it. Don't want it. So I literally am now, you know, I'm married 16 years and counting. And and the husband that God gave me is one that I didn't have to I didn't have to say to him. I didn't it was understood. The you know there were just certain things understood when you are dealing with a man and him pursuing you, him his desires for the relationship, his desires for you, how he sees you. And it's vice versa. Me, the me too. Towards him. What's his aspirations? What's his goals? What's my aspirations? What's my goals? You know, uh, how can we accommodate that with each other? Um, you know, and as we journey, you know, there are just certain things. As we, even when we were courting each other, he was just a classy man. He's just a classy guy. It was just things that we did. We hung out. We dinner. He, you know, there was something he took care of. And as we began to become this really close knit relationship with each other, becoming um, before we got married, we were just dating each other real heavy and just getting to know each other, going out to eat, just hanging out with each other. That was just certain qualities that he had that that I didn't even see coming. But it was that there were certain qualities that. My presence required, and 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 it connected with him, his soul, and he began to, and he was the man that I needed for him to be. So there were things that I needed, and there were things that I didn't have to ask for. It was just he was he is due. It was like it was just like peanut butter and jelly. They just come together, and 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 it works. And, you know, so in that journey um, of us being together, there was, you know, um, there was just things that you couldn't, that that only a man has to learn on his own, just like a woman has to learn on her own. And a woman has to require something. She has to have standards. She has to have deal breakers. She has to have things that um, 
that she's willing to 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 let go of to be to be better if she has to learn she has to be willing to to accept things about herself to be better yeah so you know i i wanted to have this conversation because you know everybody in the world is not going to agree with your <laughs> with your analogy of self-love. But if you're not going to agree with it, make it make sense. Because if you don't love you and the person that you are with or you aspire to be with is not loving you in the way you deserve to be loved, then that's not self-love. Self-love looks like the idea of of just the idea of just dramaless. It looks harmonious. Self-love looks like um, confidence. Self-love looks like self-esteem. It looks like possibilities. That's what self-love looks like. It looks like um, growth. It looks like um, just, it looks like beauty. And I'm not talking about out beauty, it's inner beauty. It's, it looks like, it looks authentic. Self-love looks like learning. Self-love looks like um, a beautiful sunny day. (laughs) You know, I'm just, you know, it's like, what's wrong with self-love? If you don't love yourself, you don't live, you die. And if you allow someone to come in your space and not love you, you're dead. So, I want to normalize self-love. Self-love is beautiful and we should all love ourselves. And we should walk this earth with that self-love. And people should know that you love you. Like, it should not be like, it, it should not look arrogant. It should not look boastful. It should not look haughty. It should look confident. It should look pleasant. It should look free-spirited. It should look um, affirming. It should look friendly. It should look ambitious, you know? So let's normalize that. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but quit weaponizing or bullying 
weaponizing your distorted thoughts of what self-love is. Quit using it as a weapon because you don't fully understand what self-love is. Try taking a journey of self-love. Give that to yourself as a gift. Journey on finding what self-love really is for me. What does that look like for me? Because everybody looks different. But one thing I do know is that self-love should not hurt you. Self-love should not belittle you, should not make you feel worthless. That's, that's self-love. Self-love is, is empowering. So quit weaponizing it. You see someone that's loving on themselves, let that be your first step to acknowledge it and call it beautiful. Because hopefully one day you'll feel that way too. So yeah, I needed to get that out. And you know, you know, like I said, it is voting time. This is our last day. This is the day that we're supposed to vote here in Georgia. And I'm just praying that the Lord will show favor, whichever way it goes, because either way, prophecy has to be fulfilled. And I know that either way it goes, that there's a plan. God has a plan. And I just ask that he, that whichever way it go, whichever way, that he help us as humans, as his children, to to still have confidence even though we don't even though we don't see his hand that we would know that his plan is perfect mhm so you know i i know where my help comes from right and i'm praying and hoping out of out of this whole thing that that god's people would turn their faces to him and if you are listening to this podcast and you have not given yourself to the Lord and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I say do that. Hey, your life would be better because of it. Not that every day would be beautiful and all rosy, but because he walks with you, you can take those hard journeys and those hard walks that this life brings. So y'all look, I'm going to say my serenity prayer because I'm not trying to go into no sermon. Okay. So I'm going to say my serenity prayer. God help me to accept the things that I cannot change. Grant me the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Guys, my time is up. Look, I've been talking for 39.10 minutes. (laughs) And I'm just thanking you guys for tuning in and listening to me. I hope I just didn't sound crazy, but I needed to get that off my chest because, A, you know, we got to do better as as a people. We got to do better as women. We got to stop this. You know, we got to make it normal to self-love and to walk in it boldly. You know, walking it boldly. Sometimes you can be your own worst enemy. 
And you have to acknowledge it in order for God to help you with it. So, so guys, look, stay safe. Um, if you voted, good for you. And if you didn't vote because you was just disappointed, I get it. Look, the people won't, that we had to choose from, look, it sucks. But we had to choose somebody. So I just hope that, you know, that everybody got an opportunity to just exercise their right to vote. Because if nothing else, let that be your reason to exercise your right to vote. Because there are a lot of people that gave their lives just for us to be able to vote. So if you couldn't muster up no other reason to vote because you looked at our candidates and was like, oh, my God, you want to throw up? Look, you're not by yourself, but I just did not want to not exercise my right to vote. Okay, I don't care whether it's Democrat or Republican. I don't care. Just don't give up on your right to vote. Okay, so, y'all, I am done. I'm going to go to bed now. It is 8.45. I'm going to bed because I got to go up, get up and go to work in the morning. But thank you guys for tuning in to another segment of To Be Honest with Kai. Have a great evening. Stay safe and stay healthy.